You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast. This is When Christians Speak Talk Radio. Amen. Today's broadcast is His Abounding Grace, Minister Minister Williams. Amen. Her topic is Don't Be Moved by What You See. Don't Be Moved by What You See. Uh, Minister Vanessa is a member of LifePoint Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, where the pastor there is Pastor Daniel Floyd. It's the senior pastor. Um, Life Point Church is based in Fredericksburg, Virginia, of course, and it exists so that people far from God will become fully alive in Christ. Amen. Life, Life Point is one church in multiple locations offering identical um, environments. Its website is uh, org. Amen. Amen. So we're excited about the broadcast for tonight. Amen. Don't be moved by what you see. Got a couple of quick um, housekeeping announcements. Of course, uh, Minister Vanessa can always be listened to here on When Christian Speak Talk Radio. His uh, uh, about the graces every Tuesday at 7 p.m. We also do clearing the finished work with Reverend Pat Randall, which is Thursday at 12 noon. Um, Friday Night Joy with Reverend Ray and friends is Friday at 7 p.m. Bread of Life with Reverend Ray. This Sunday's at 7 p.m. Amen. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday of the month at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Novita Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration with Evangelist Lewis McIwain is every third Monday of the month, amen, at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, The Body of One with Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson is every third Sunday at 7 p.m. In fact, they will be having a broadcast this coming Sunday, be the third Sunday, amen. Hour three, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Elston Green, Cleopas Malone, and Antonio Mitchell. Amen. It's every second Sunday at 7 p.m. In fact, we just we just had a broadcast the Sunday just passed with the brothers. Amen. It was an outstanding broadcast. Go back and check up check them out on Blog Talk Radio under When Christians Speak, or you can go to our website WhenChristiansSpeak.com. Amen. Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon is every Wednesday at 1 p.m. This is a free conference call number. This is our prayer uh, p- uh, part of it. If you like to send a prayer request, you can do so by going to WhenChristiansSpeak at gmail.com. Amen. Or sending a message through our social media, Facebook site, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, it's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. The dialing number is 641-6153. That's as cold as 732-499. And as usual, check us, up, check us out on our website, onepersonspeak.com. Um, you find a little bit more information about the different hosts amen, and about the history of who we are. Amen. And a little bit, a lot more of the stuff that we are in the process revamp of giving ourselves a face look. Okay. So you can 
go to whenchristianspeak.com and check it out us out on Facebook. Amen. I'm when Christian speak. Amen. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Amen. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started with Minister Vanessa Williams on his abounding grace. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you see. Well, praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to be with you again. I just want to encourage someone for the next few minutes to just trust God and listen to his word and see how it applies to your life and then go out and do what you need to do. This evening's message is called, Don't Block Your Blessings. Stop. Don't block your blessings. We're going to go to God in prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Thanking you, Father, for your many blessings that you've restored upon us, Father. And, Lord, we ask right now that you open up our understanding, Father, so that we can receive with clarity all that you have for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father, that your word, in your word, it says when it goes out, it will not return unto you void. So right now, Father, I ask that you have your people listen, Lord God, and, and that they be sensitive to what you would have them to do, Father. And, Lord God, that this word may penetrate to the very depth and hearts of of man, and that we won't just keep this word to ourselves, Father, but that we'll go out and share it with someone else, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this radio ministry when Christians speak, talk radio, where you've given us an avenue to preach, teach, um, share with your people, Lord God, um, what you would have them to learn more about your word, Father, so that they can apply it in their daily lives. And again, so they can not just be selfish with it, but to go out and share with someone else. I thank you, Father, for giving me this opportunity, Lord God, to just learn your, and study your word more, Father, and so that I can apply it to my life as well. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise because you're worthy, Lord God, of all so many blessings and so many things. We can't count them all, but we know, Father, that you and you alone will get all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, tonight the message again is stop. Don't block your blessings. One of our main scriptures is going to come from Matthew 6, chapter 33rd verse, very familiar passage in the NIV version. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And we talk about these things, we're talking about all the many blessings that God has in store for you. So I think this is going to be a series. Um, this is going to be part one of a series. I don't know just how many others are on Don't Block Your Blessings, but let's just start with this one. Um, we're going to go over a partial list of things that we're, going to be, that we're going to be talking about today. But when you look at this list, when you listen to it, one word is going to come to your mind. Okay? Um, sin. Sin. Sin is anything that goes contrary to the word of God. And sin will block your blessings. And sin will keep you from enjoying all the benefits that God has in store for you. So in this series, we're going to talk about disobedience, unforgiveness, unbelief, negative words, and pride. 
And there will be a follow-on, and in some of these we won't be able to go into all the details tonight, but there are some others, so we know it's so, there are so many others, but these are what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's start with, um, let me just ask you a couple questions first. Have you been asking God for something and been waiting a long time for it to manifest? Could your many blessings, could your blessings all be stored up in heaven, just waiting for you to release them? Could you be praying in vain? Could it just be words bouncing off the walls? Are your prayers penetrating heaven or falling on deaf ears? Are your prayers really prayers at all? Or are they merely words that sound good to you and to you alone? Are you blocking your own blessings? Let's start with disobedience. Let's start with disobedience. Now, we know there are so many, so many areas when we talk about disobedience because basically anything that goes against the Word of God is disobedient. But I want to talk about one of the major areas that Christians, yes, I'm talking about Christians, one of the major areas that a majority of Christians block their blessings is they do not obey a direct order from God when God says to tithe. Tithe, T-I-T-H-E, which is really returning a tenth of your income to God. Tithing, it's not your income anyways, it's God's. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this act of disobedience here. For this is a major area where many of us miss it. We simply refuse to believe that we are actually blocking our own blessings by not tithing. When God directs us to tithe, we are to return to him a tenth of our financial increase, usually is represented by money. Tithing is a command. To go against God's command is pure and simple disobedience. When you disobey this command, you really do block your own blessing. When you obey this command, you open up the windows of heaven for a blessing that you would not have room enough to receive. Now, this is not just me saying this. This is not just coming from me. This comes from the word of God himself. For in Malachi, the third chapter, 7 through 12 verse, the scripture reads, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we, you, how are we robbing you? And tithes and offering. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Tenth verse says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I would not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there would not be room enough to store it. 11. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields would not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. You see, the tide is holy. The tide belongs to God. It's not yours. It belongs to God. So he's telling you to return back to him. He's only asking for a tenth. If you are faithful to his word and tithe, 
God will be faithful to his word and bless you over and above beyond anything that you can imagine. For he tells us in this scripture to test him. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I would not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there would not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields would not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You see, tidy requires three, three things from us. Tidy requires three things from us. Faith, sacrifice, and action. Faith to believe that God's promises are yea and, be, and amen. Faith to believe that God will do exactly what he has promised, and that is that he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there would not be room enough to receive it. Faith to believe that. Faith without works is dead. How often have you heard someone say, I'm having so many financial struggles right now that I can't afford to tithe, and surely God got to understand that. Well, I tell you, my response to that would be, if you knew like I know, if you truly knew like I know, you can't afford not to tithe, for obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So if you've not been obedient to God's word where it tells you to return back one-tenth to him, then you are, you are blocking your own blessing by refusing to be obedient to God's order to tithe. So much more could be said on tithing, and that might be, I might follow that on in another, a later part of the series. But I want to move to another area right now, another area that will definitely also block your blessings. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Has God told you to forgive someone and you just simply won't find it in your heart to do so? Hmm. As Christians, we have experienced God's wonderful love of forgiveness when we accepted Christ when we accepted the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we believe in our hearts that he did just that, we repented of our sins, asked him to forgive us and to come into our hearts. He has forgiven us. Now, God is telling us, instructing us, that we must forgive others. Mark eleven twenty five says, And when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. These are the commandments that God has given us concerning forgiveness. The Word of God lets us know that if we don't forgive, then He cannot forgive us. He cannot forgive us. Now, in Matthew's fifth chapter, the 44th verse, the Word of God says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know it's hard to do sometimes. But the Word of God says, bless them 
that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Isn't that what being a true Christian is all about? Isn't that what shining the light for God is all about? So I ask you, is there someone you need to forgive right now? Is there someone you need to forgive? Did a face come to your mind when I talked about unforgiveness? You know, I know it may be difficult. In and of yourself, of course it is. It might require an agonizing emotional struggle. It might require much, much prayer on your part. But with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you can forgive. Why is it so important to forgive us? Why is it so, so hard for us to forgive others sometimes? Well, a couple of things come to my mind. Sometimes we are willing to forgive others because of pride. Hmm. Pride is a dangerous thing, and it will keep you in bondage, and pride is despised of God. We'll talk about pride a little bit later. That's something to think about. Sometimes we take a covering of righteous indignation, and the Bible tells us that there are none righteous, no, not one. But sometimes we believe that we are morally superior because we found something to condemn in others when we know that Jesus tells us in Matthew, the seventh chapter, in the first verse, that we should not judge, that we judge not, that we be not judged. Jesus further goes on to say, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the being mm, that is in thy own eye? Or how would I say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thy eye, and behold, a beam is in their own eye. Sometimes we deliberately ignore a tense situation rather than pray about it and acting to resolve it. We're talking about unforgiveness. Sometimes we simply disobey or ignore God's word when God's word we know tells us to forgive others. And sometimes, get this, sometimes we have a hard time of forgiving others because we haven't really forgiven our own selves. Mm, that's deep. You've got to forgive yourself. You see, inner hurts run deep. You need to stop beating up on yourself for something you did or didn't do 50 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 15 years ago, 5 years ago. Are you saying that God can't forgive you? When God says he forgives you if you ask him to, he would do that. Then you need to forgive yourself. Are you bigger than God? Are you saying that God can't forgive you? You see, God forgives, God heals, and get this, God forgets. Forget those things that are behind you. Don't let the past define your future, for the past truly does not define your future. Paul says in Philippians 3rd chapter, 13th and 14th verse, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I, says Paul, press, for, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You can forgive yourself. So please, brothers, sisters, stop beating up on yourself. Love yourself. Following the greatest commandment, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second greatest is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love your neighbor as yourself if you don't truly love yourself? And if you don't forgive yourself, then you don't truly love yourself. Mark 12, chapter and 10th verse. So stop. Don't block your blessings. 
by unforgiveness. Oh, sure, there's a constant battle that's going on within us, the battle between good and evil. Ephesians 6.12 lets us know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And we know, according to Brother Paul in Romans 7th chapter, that in the flesh dwelleth no good thing, for even when we want to do right, Evil is always present. But forgiveness, you've got to forgive yourself and others so that you can be freely alive in Christ. Truly free in Christ. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. When you look at that person, look beyond the person and see a need. That need, that that person needs someone to love him too. That person needs to know that God loves them so much. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against that person that you hold in that unforgiveness towards. And remember this, get this, forgiveness really is for you. It's not for the other person. Unforgiveness will keep you in bondage and prevent you from moving forth in all that God has for you. Unforgiveness will keep you, will block your blessings. Unforgiveness, stop. Don't let unforgiveness block your blessings. Another area you want to talk about is unbelief. Unbelief. Stop. Don't block your blessings. Don't allow unbelief to block your blessings. You see, the Word of God lets us know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Don't you know that if you're not pleasing God, that's sin? Don't you know that your sin will block your blessings? Unforgiveness. You say you believe God, but... You say you know he can do anything, but you say you're going to trust him and never doubt, but you say you're going to run on until the end, but you say you're going to do what you need to do, but your mind keeps telling you to go the opposite direction, but do you believe, do you truly believe, or are you still struggling with stuff? Are you still wavering between two opinions? Are you still battling with what you call the impossible? Don't you know that God's word says, for with God, all things are possible? Or do you refuse to accept? Do you refuse to acknowledge? Do you refuse to allow God to be Lord in your life? You have the faith, for he's given each of us a measure of faith. That's what the word says. You have everything you need to be victorious in Christ, but still you wary. You wary because you aren't activating the faith that he's already given you. And how does that make our Lord feel? We're talking about unbelief. You say you're going to stand still even in the midst of the storm. But you've been waiting a long time. The unbelief knocks on your door. Do you let it in or do you stand still and stand firm on the word of God? Hebrews 11 chapter said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it yet, but I'm still going to trust him. That should be your mindset. I don't understand what's going on right now, but I'm still going to trust him. That should be your mindset. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's taking this long. I don't know what the end of the tunnel looks like, but according to Proverbs 3rd chapter, 5th and 6th verse, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. I'm going to trust him and never doubt. Can you say that or do you allow unbelief to slip in? Do you allow unbelief to slip in? Stop. Don't block your blessings. Don't block your blessings, my sister. James 1, 5, and 6 says, But let him ask in faith, 
nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let's go to Luke, the 8th chapter of Luke. Start with the 22nd verse. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Now get this, Jesus told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. I want to let that sink in for a minute. So they get in the boat and they start out. And they sailed across. Jesus set us down for a nap in the boat. But soon a fierce storm comes down on the lake. So the boat begins to fill up with water, and they are in real danger, or so they believe. The disciples are there, and their master, Jesus, is asleep. The disciples get weary. They get scared. They get frightened. They go and wake Jesus up and shout, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped, and all was calm. Then Jesus asked them, Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Is he asking you that today? My sister, is he asking you, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed, and they said to themselves, Who is this man? They asked each other, Who is this man? When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Mm, mm, mm. Jesus calming the sea. Jesus calming the sea. Stop. Don't allow unbelief to block your blessings. Jesus, if you go to Luke the 8th chapter and go move down to the 40th verse, on the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, Jesus was surrounded by the crowds. Then a woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and couldn't find any cure. I mean, she'd been going to doctor and doctor and spent all her money. She comes up behind Jesus. She touches the fringe of his robe. Immediately, immediately, the bleeding stopped. And Jesus in the midst of this huge crowd says, who touched me? Who touched me? Now, everybody's denying that anybody touched him. And Peter says, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. The 47th verse lets us know when this woman realized that she could not stay hidden. She began to tremble, and she fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard this woman explain to Jesus why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Jesus says to her, daughter, I love it when he calls me daughter. Daughter, he says to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. This is what he tells the leader of the synagogue. There's no use in troubling Jesus anymore. Don't, no use in troubling the teacher now because your daughter has already died. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, get this, don't be afraid. Just have faith, for she will be healed. 
Don't be afraid. Just have faith, and she will be healed. So when they arrived at the house, verse 51, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. I wonder what that was, that he wouldn't let nobody go in with them. Hmm. Interesting. I want you to think about that for a minute. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but Jesus said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Now, do you wonder why Jesus didn't want them all to come in and he only allowed Peter, James, John, and the little girl's parents to come? The crowd, their unbelief, he could not have them in the, his presence when he was about to perform a miracle. Jesus always tells us, fear not, because we got to get rid of that fear before we can allow our faith to be activated. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted they did not tell anyone what had happened. <laughs> I love that. Stop. Are you allowing unbelief to block your blessings? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Another area that we block our own blessings in is negative words we allow to come out of our mouths. Could you be blocking your blessings with your own very words, with your very own words coming out of your mouth, words that go contrary to the word of God? Your own words pouring out of your own mouth. What are you doing to yourself? What are you doing to others? Are your words justifying you or are they condemning you? Words do hurt. Words can kill. Words can steal. Words can rob you of the many blessings that are just waiting for you to line up with God's word. How many know that you also need to speak life into your own mind? Cast their imagination, everything that exalts itself against the word of God. Speak life into that dead situation. Life and not death. Life and not death. I want you to think about that for a minute. How often... Have you said things without even thinking about what you're saying? Words like, I'm so tired of this or that. And you wonder why you're so tired. Are you blocking your own blessings? How often have you said words like, you're getting on my last nerve, and you wonder why you have a nervous condition? Are you blocking your own blessing? How often times have you said that I'm sick of being sick? I'm tired of being tired. I'm worn from being worn. And you wonder why you remain so sick. You wonder why you remain so tight. Beware your tongue. Stop. Are you blocking your own blessings? And how often do you say things that, without even really truly thinking about what you are saying? Be careful what you say, for you may very well be bringing death to your own self. You may be very well blocking your own blessings. When you say, I can't take much more of this, and you wonder why the test is going on and on, when you say words like, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind, and you wonder why you stay so confused, stop. Are you blocking your blessings? Beware your tongue. Words do hurt, and they do sting. Words do make a difference. We need to be aware, aware that our tongue holds the power of death and life. You need to stop blocking your own blessing. Now, you may be saying to yourself right now, Sister, you are too serious. You're going overboard with this interpretation, for it's just silly. Words simply can't hurt us. Well, 
Don't listen to me. Let's see what the Bible says about it. Hmm. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, in the 21st verse, verse says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Matthew, 12th chapter, and the 37th verse says, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. For all the negative words that you say, you need to replace them with a positive word. For example, when you say, I'm always weary and frustrated, God says to cast all your cares upon him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. What happens when you weary? Your mind will take you all over the place. What does it mean to cast your cares upon the Lord? It means to live a life free of weary, knowing, trusting, and believing. That he who promised is well able to perform. I'll say that again. It means living a life free of worries, knowing, trusting, and believing that he who promised is well able to perform. That he who promised has not forgotten you. That he who promised is very qualified to fulfill his promises. That he who promised is yet faithful. God is well able to handle any situation. Why allow frustrations to boggle your mind? He's well able to mind your business. When you say, I'm always weary and frustrated, regardless of whether you realize it or not, you're telling God that you don't believe he can do what he promised he can do. And guess what? You'll always be weary and frustrated because that's what you are claiming. When you say, I'm always weary and frustrated, what are you really saying? I really don't believe it's that simple that I can cast my cares upon him and forget it. Forget about it. Your cares, your worries, your frustrations, cast them upon the Lord. Cast them upon the Lord. Cast them upon the Lord. Negative words, could they be blocking your own blessings? There are so many negative words that we just spew out of our mouths without even thinking about them. But for every negative word that you say, how about doing a mental check? And think about what God's word says about it. Instead of saying, I can't do this. Remember God's word says, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Believe, believe, believe. God's word is true. Amen. Don't allow negative words to be blocking your own blessing. Let's talk about pride. Pride. We're just hitting on it. We're just really hitting on these these um, sins, these acts of sin. Um, that's kind of covering the basic here. Pride. Proverbs 16 chapter and the 18 verse says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Stop. Are you allowing pride to block your blessings? Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Mm. Proverbs 21 and 4 says, And how look... And a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Are you allowing pride to block your blessings? Proverbs 19.23 says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Stop. Are you allowing pride to block your blessings? Hmm. Think about that, pride. Let's move on to another area, fear. Fear. Oh, there's so much we can say about this. So much. Stop. Think about it. 
Are you allowing fear to block your blessings? From Genesis to Revelations, the Word of God admonishes us to cast away fear, to fear not. I know from personal experience that fear will paralyze you. And when this happens, you can't think rational. You can't focus. You feel like you are stuck in a no-win situation. We all know what fear is. We all know how it makes us feel. We know how it makes us think. We know how it makes us behave. Webster's Dictionary defines fear as an anxiety caused by real or possible danger. Oftentimes, probably more often than we care to admit, our fear is caused by the unknown. The danger isn't here, but we are fearful. Spiritually, fear is a trick of the enemy. It's an entrapment to keep you from trusting in God. It's a snare, a trap that calls you to take your eyes off of God and stay focused on the problem. Fear, a serious tool used by the enemy to keep you in bondage. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Fear. Versus faith. Fear paralyzes you and will keep you from moving forward. Faith will propel you and position you to receive with joy all that God has for you. Fear is failure to progress. Faith is hope in action. Let me say that again. Fear is failure to progress. You're at a standstill. Paralyzed. Faith is hope in action. From Genesis to Revelation, we find examples throughout the Bible where God first told his people to fear not before he told them anything else. For God knew that in order to get a man to trust him, before he could get man to go to the next level, before he could get man to free up his own mind to believe in him, before he could get man to totally trust and depend on him, fear had to be dealt with. So God, being a God of order, I said God, being a God of order, first instructs man to fear not. God knew what the awful spirit of fear would do to man. He knew it because he knew the very spirit from which it came. God knew that the spirit of fear did not come from him. It was not a gift bestowed upon his love his loved ones. Second Timothy one seven says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Praise God. God knew all throughout the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, he instructed man to cast away fear. Let's take a look at Genesis 15th chapter. And we're going to talk about Abraham a little bit. Actually, at this time in his life, his name wasn't called Abraham. It was called Abram. It was later ch- changed to Abraham because of his faith. And Genesis 14th chapter, Genesis 14th chapter, <clears throat> Abraham's nephew Lot had been captured. And God allowed Abraham to be Abraham to be victorious in Lot's deliverance. And chapter fifteen, sometimes after the deliverance of Lot, the Lord made a covenant promise with Abraham. He told him because of his faithfulness, his reward would be great. But God knew that Abraham couldn't really receive from him due to fear and doubt. You see, Abram was looking around at his circumstances. Abram was looking around at what he did not have instead of what he had. He knew he was childless, and so Abram thinks to himself, how on earth can I be so blessed with many offspring, so many seeds, that I won't even be able to count them when I have no children yet. Abram was looking at the current circumstances. He was looking at 
if you will, the as-is state. He really hadn't fully grasped that God had created the end before the beginning and that God knew everything about all his descendants. So God, being a God of order, tells Abram, fear not. Genesis 15th chapter in the first verse. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God is saying to someone this evening, Fear not, my child. Fear not. I am thy shield, your protector against all enemies, against all odds. I am thy exceeding great reward. Know ye that it is your father's good pleasure to give you the desires of your heart? Fear not. Be still and know that I am God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Fear not. You see, it was only after Abraham dealt with the spirit of fear that he was able to trust God. I mean, truly trust God. You see, you've got to deal with this spirit. That means you've got to get rid of it in order to be able to let go and let God be God in your life. You can't allow your circumstances to control you. You cannot allow your situation, whatever it looks like, to ter- determine your outcome. And understand this. I need to say this again. And understand this. Your past does not determine your future. Your past does not determine your future. Fear not. We are talking about a God that is faithful and true, so fear not. We are talking about a God who is Alpha, the beginning and Omega, the end of all things, so fear not. From Genesis to Revelation, the same God that was with Abraham and told him to fear not, it's the same God who speaks to us today through his word, through his Holy Spirit. We're talking about a God who knows all, even our thoughts, before we think them. Because he created us, mind, soul, and body, so fear not. We are talking about a God who's omnipotent, who has all power, and has given us the authority through his son, Jesus Christ, to cast away anything that is not of him. Anything that is not of him, that definitely includes fear. It does include fear. He's given us the authority through his son, Jesus Christ, to cast away all fear so that we can live a victorious, completely trusting life. We are talking about a God who didn't create fear, yet created opportunities for us to trust him. We are talking about a God that didn't give us fear, yet even in the midst of our fear, creates a way for us to escape by trusting him. We're talking about a God, thank you, Lord, who wants us to walk according to the Spirit, having the mind of Christ, so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh, Ephesians, the fifth chapter. From Genesis to Revelation, flesh has caused man to mess up. From Genesis to Revelation, flesh will cause man to miss his blessings. Yet God admonishes man throughout all time, fear not. Flesh will cause you to yield to temptation, the temptation to doubt God, the temptation to do things your way instead of trusting God, instead of trusting that God knows what he's doing. When we walk in the spirit of fear, when we walk in the spirit, we walk according to faith and not by sight. How many know that the five senses will cause you to surround and embrace the spirit of fear? But the spiritual senses, let's call them the fruit of the spirit. If you are led by the spirit, you will crucify the flesh. Allow his wonderful fruit to enable you to embrace faith, only doing these things that pleases God. The flesh desires us to be fearful. The spirit desires us to be faithful. From Genesis to Revelation, fear not. You see, it's all about choices. Whose report are you going to believe? 
Whenever you're faced with circumstances, you can either choose to allow fear to overtake you or cause you to lose out, or you can choose to use the authority that has been vested in you through the blood of Jesus Christ and say to the spirit of fear, in the name of Jesus, you have no authority here. Therefore, I cast you out right now. Stop. Don't block your own blessings. Are you allowing fear to block your blessings? God may be telling you to move forward, to pursue something, to pursue something to go towards your purpose and fear may be telling you that you can't do that that you don't have the ability knowledge or skills to do that the word of God tells you that you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you fear will tell you no you can't the word of God tells you the greatest he that is in you than he who is in the world the fear will tell you that no you can't when who are you going to believe are you blocking your own blessings by not moving out by not moving forward and taking the bull by the horn and saying, yes, I can, I can do that, for with God on my side, there is no good thing that he would withhold from me. God desires you to move out on your calling. God desires you to walk in your God-given purpose. So devil desires to sift you like wheat and drain you of all your energy so, you feel, so that you feel defeated. That's not God's desire for you. That is not God's purpose for you. James 4 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God first. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Stop. Are you allowing fear to block your blessings? Unforgiveness, unbelief, negative words, pride, fear. Are you allowing these sins to block your blessings? These are just some of the sins that we've covered this evening. But I want you to really think about these. Think about these. Are you allowing these sins to block your blessings? Now, pretty much I've been speaking to a Christian audience, I believe, and maybe not. But the reason I say that is because if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, a lot of what I've said may be foreign to you. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, it's not too late. If you are hearing this message, it's not too late. Right now, God stands ready with arms stretched open to welcome you home. To welcome you home. If you're not saved, if you're not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus into your heart, if you're not 100% sure that you will spend eternity in heaven, if you're not 100% sure if you close your eyes on this side of the world this time where you will spend eternity I want you to listen very carefully because everything that I've said leading up to this would be nothing would be nothing if you don't truly listen repent of your sins and accept Jesus into your heart you see nobody can save you but Jesus there is only one way to God and that's through his son Jesus Christ all these things I have been sharing with you, you will have no power to do this on your own. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ would you be able to sustain and be abstain from any of these sins. John fourteen six says, Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's John 14 and 6. Acts, the fourth chapter, the twelfth verse says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So I ask you, are you saved? Are you born again? Have you made the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord? Romans 10, 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth 
the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Number one, the first thing you need to do is, according to Romans 3.10, admit that you are a sinner. For Romans 3.10 says, For as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The second thing you need to do is repent, to be willing to turn from your sin. The third thing, thing you need to do is to believe that Jesus Christ died for you, believe that Jesus was buried, and believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Romans 10.10 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then the fourth thing you need to do is through prayer invite Jesus into your life to become your personal Savior. For Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you have not repented of your sins, if you have not accepted Christ into your life, you can do that right now by repeating this prayer with me. So are you ready? Are you ready to take the most major move that you will ever take on this side of earth? Then repeat after me. Dear God, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. I am willing to turn from sin. I now invite Christ to come into my heart and life as my personal Savior. Amen. Did you do that? Did you just do that? Then I tell you, you have just become my true brother and my true sister. If you just trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you have begun a wonderful new life in him. Now it doesn't stop there. That's the best news. Angels in heaven are rejoicing with you right this very moment. Angels in heaven are rejoicing. You need to get a good Bible, a good good, good study Bible and read it every day to get to know Jesus Christ better. You need to talk to God in prayer every day. And then you can't be selfish. Go out and share this good news with somebody else. Share with somebody else that Jesus loves them. And Jesus desires for them to walk a new life through him. Amen, amen, amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the word that's gone forth, Lord God. We thank you for your promises, for all of them are yea and amen, and that you said when your word went forth, it would not return unto you void. I thank you, Lord God, that your word has gone forth, and that somebody, Lord God, will be changed as a result of this word, God. That somebody out there, Lord God, has just cried out to you, Lord I want to be saved. And somebody out there, Lord God, has a new life in you, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, because you've given us this opportunity to reach out, to reach to your people, Father. We thank you, Lord God, because it's all about you and not about us, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for you've given us, Lord God, victorious um, blessings, all because we believe in you, Lord God, and because we choose to obey God. We thank you, Father, for reminding us, Lord God, that we have the power within us through the blood of Jesus, not to block our own blessings. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be more sensitive to your word, Father, and to move out when we need to move out, Lord God, to do those things which are only pleasing to you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that we can cast fear down, Lord God, and we can walk according to faith, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for all the many blessings you've restored, and we give you all the honor, we give you all the glory, and we give you all the praise, because you and you alone, Lord God, are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. What an awesome message by Minister Van. Amen. Stop. Don't b block your blessing. 
um, for those that are signed in and you're probably wondering what's going on because that wasn't the, the title that was originally posted. Uh, we had some um, um, some issues going on in the studio, but they're uh, taking care of us. So we ended up playing something that was, I think it was probably a couple of weeks ago, but the word still is the word. So, amen. <laughs> so we got, we are going to play Minister Vanessa's whim. Uh, don't be moved by what you see. That we'll probably play that on next um, Tuesday. So, we're, if anyone signed in and just wanted to hear that, we'll play it next Tuesday at the same time. Amen. But again, what an awesome word! We thank God for the word of God, and we pray that you uh, 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 were blessed by it. Amen. And we pray that uh, heaven will continue to to smile upon you. Amen. Because the God that we serve is awesome, Amen. And He's He's a He's wonderful, Amen. And He's done some great things in our life, Amen. So, with all of that being said, we can go ahead and play, get out of here, play some closing uh, messages and everything. Thanks again for listening to History Bound and Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams. God bless you. I pray that you have a blessed rest of the night. And um and um and check us out. Check us out on Facebook or when Christian Speak Talk Radio. Of course, check out our website when Christian Speak. If you'd like to get in contact with us by any means, you can do so by emailing me at whenchristianspeak at gmail dot com. Would love to hear from you. Amen. And um, so with Minister Van, Amen. But don't and don't forget about the other broadcasts. Um, uh, declaring the finished work with Reverend Pat Randall. Amen. It's Thursday at 12 noon. Uh, Friday night, Joe with Reverend Ray at 7 p.m. Bread of Life is Sundays at 7 p.m. That's with me. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is 7 p.m. On, on Wednesday. And then Lifeline with Apostle Shirley, jo- Shirley Jones is first Monday. Reverend Curtis Austin, Minister Jordana Cunningham, is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration with Evangelist Louis Macarena is every third Monday of the month. Amen. At 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, the body of one Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson is every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Real Life, Hour 3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Elston Green, Cleo Fitzmalone, Antonio Mitchell. And uh, we got a new person, Tyrone Rose. It's every second Sunday at 7 p.m. And don't forget about Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. It's a free conference call prayer. We do this every Wednesday at 1 p.m. You can come back, go back and listen to it if you, in case you missed it. The, 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 the dial, top, telephone number is 641-715-358-0. The SS code is 732-732. Four nine nine. So be blessed. Check out our websites. Be blessed. And uh, God bless you. Take care.